Cool. All right, man. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, Ready to do a podcast. We're going live on Instagram, Facebook, Zoom. Uh, God, I miss anything? No, that's it for now. So you kind of had, we won't let the cat out of the bag, but you kind of had, Chris, something kind of cool happen yesterday. And it comes back to, you know, I think cool things happen to, to, to good people. A lot of times we're good people and we get kicked in the teeth. We get taken advantage of. We get, you know, we kind of get the raw deals, right? Because we're nice people. And um, I'll tell you what I've learned throughout my life is that it, it, it ni- nice, nice guys do win. So uh, Chris had something kind of cool, you know, go on with him just because uh, well, I won't even say he's a nice guy because his, his head gets all big. <laughs> well, I'll share, I'll, I'll, I'll share the story next week when it's all finalized. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool though. So, so, um, this, um, this podcast is kind of cool because this is kind of going back to what we originally, um, we wanted the podcast to be last December. We launched a year ago. It's been a, a year since we had our first podcast, but what happened was, is, um, it kind of got hijacked by COVID, you know, and we've got the reason why I'm looking around is we've got a training class in so we got we got some uh we got some students some friends <clears throat> we'll have them come in and maybe introduce themselves before we get off but they're they're sitting here so i'm talking to them too right mm-hmm. so um and so this is kind of a relaunch this is this this episode is what i really wanted the podcast to be so i'm really excited about it so with that jimmy introduce yourself what's going on everybody my name's james uh james acres my handle is Jimmy Buffett. Um, I own T1 Detailing in Manteca, California. And uh, yeah, I'm up here doing my internship with uh, Rennie and figured we'd jump on and uh, kind of do a, a revamp on the podcast and get this thing started again. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's not, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. We just, we had to go over it. It just, it's original tent for me wasn't there. And, and, and today's about laying it down. So um, why'd you go to business? Um, I went into business. Um, I come from a, a body shop background and uh, I needed something that was my own. Um, I knew when I first started in the body shop industry in 2006 that I needed something that, uh, you know, eventually I could run as, as, a, as a business. So I started building uh, while working full time. And then it just got to the point where I was ready to, uh, to branch off and, uh, and do my own thing. So now why, why not body shop? Why, why not go in that direction? Um, so my health, one reason, um, I, was a, I was a painter for quite some time and just in and out of the spray booth, breathing the chemicals, it was, uh, it was affecting my health. I'm a, I'm a type one diabetic. I was diagnosed about six years ago. So uh, it was just, it was, my health was going downward. So, so <clears throat> before I go into the diabetic side of it, um, so, you know, as a, as a, as a lay person, I started out um, learning how to uh, paint cars. I, I started out in detailing, but then I started going towards painting. And, you know, I've always thought, wow, I wonder if I would have stuck with painting. So even in the modern day, you're still, you're still getting whiffs of, it's still pretty hazardous. Really. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the water base, the sealers, um, the, the clears, you know, even with, even with full downdraft boosts, um, you know, and, and, a lot of times, like I worked, I worked for two corporate body shops at the very end of my career, mm-hmm. but a lot of the mom and pop shops just aren't providing the right, you know, PPE, you know, right so, here. Wow. Yeah. I would have never, I would have never figured that. So now let's talk about, cause it's cause you, you, you said that you went into business as uh, part of um, the reason you did it 
was because of your health. A lot of people will stay away from going into self-employment when they've got a health issue like, like type one. So what, for those that don't know, type one, uh, it's not that you were eating crap. It wasn't that you're sitting there, you know, pounding a 12 pack of, of soda uh, every afternoon. Type one, yeah, it, my, it's, my it's ins- out of your control. Yeah, my pancreas doesn't produce any, any insulin. It's, uh, it's dead. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, any, any long-term, uh, I mean, other than living good, you've got, you know, you're set up with your, yeah, I your got system. A, and yep, I got a sensor in my arm. I got a pump in my stomach. And, you know, um, now it's just all about diet exercise and you know living right right so uh stress is that a big part of it stress comes into play um but believe it or not you know with you know the right you know the right diet and and the way that you run your business on you know the stress really isn't as bad as you would think you know um, i try to keep my i try to keep my business extremely extremely simple um you know we don't we don't do you know we don't go crazy as far as the, the stress levels, but um, it's definitely, you know, it gets stressful from time to time, but you know. So, so, so go back. So you decided to go into business, you know, was the type one uh, diabetes, was that a decision of why to open up your shop or part of it? It it was just, no, I mean, it, it, it played a role, but I wanted to start a business from, you know, as soon as I got into the auto body industry, I kind of jumped from different areas from collision repair, you know, the collision bodywork side of it to refinishing, to estimating, um, to even, you know, parts and production management. And I, I wanted to understand every aspect of the business because eventually I did want to open up my own business, whether it was body shop or, or, you know, something else. But, um, it just ended up being something that I was passionate about. I started out as a detailer in the body shop industry. So, I, I had all the clients that I was, you know, doing work for on the weekends and it just, it fell, it fell into place at, at a perfect time. And, wow. I, and it was just ready to, it was, it was time for me to do it. So I, I took the leap. So, you know, a, a lot, when you go in, you, and we were trying to figure this out last night as we go, like we were at five or six years that we've known each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go, go take me back to the, uh, to the early envisions of your business, the, 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 you know, the visions, the dreams that you had, the kind of, you know, where you wanted to go, what went right? I mean, what, 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 what kind of went the way that you, you thought that it would go? Um, it, I, I, I think the planning, the planning from the very beginning and slowly taking those steps towards starting a business really made it, you know, a lot easier of a transition. I didn't just jump and, and start up. Um, it was, uh, it was more of a, you know, just baby steps and kind of getting everything set and setting the foundation and then, and then jumping it. And that's kind of really what made it, uh, go quite easy. Um, right. you know, my relationships that I had with my body shops, I never burned a bridge. You know, I always, you know, I always did right by them and, you know, they were, uh, I got a lot of good, uh, advice from a lot of the business owners that had the body shops and they, uh, you know, they actually guided me and, and actually support my business in, in a lot of ways. So what went wrong? What didn't go as planned? Mm-hmm. You had a name change in there at one point. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to do the whole Jimmy Buffett thing. Um, I slept on it for quite some time, and I think I I think I crashed and burned on that. And I didn't want to. I liked it, and then you know I started jumping on social media, and I saw that there was a you know anybody that's a James or a Jimmy, you know, and details cars is a Jimmy Buffett. So I I kept it on my Facebook handle, but um, you know I tried to incorporate 
my type one diabetes. And that's really when I started getting serious about starting my business is my health, you know, was, was, a, was one of the big concerns, but I wanted to incorporate my, my, you know, my diabetes into my business. And that's how I came up with T1 detailing. So. Uh, and even your logo, I mean, everything reflects back to that. Yeah. It's yeah. Pre- it, it, it's pretty huge. Um, when go back and take, I mean, there's so many people that are just blue collar. And I remember, I remember when I launched, um, it became easier as I launched more businesses, but I remember, um, I remember when I first got in, I was scared and a lot of my family just didn't understand, you know, for them, you went and got a job, you, you know, you worked, you know, they're all electricians, craftsmen and stuff like that. And, um, plumbers and, and everything else, you'd go get a job and you'd work it for 30 years. And, and that was it. And so all of a sudden when I start, you know, popping off on starting businesses, um, I was scared, I think mainly because of what other people in the, in my family were kind of com- scenarios they were coming up with. I can definitely, out. yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, in the very beginning, I was 30 years old when I started the business. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, my wife, I have two kids, you know, it was in a lot of, in a lot of my family members eyes, it was reckless, you know, yeah, and, and, exactly. and they really didn't see, they didn't see what I saw and, 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 if, you know, at first it kind of, you know, it was disappointing, but then I kind of just used that frustration as fuel to really show them, you know, not, not in a bad way, but just say, Hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm doing this because I've been planning. I've been, you know, I've been praying. I've been really making sure that this is, this is going to work. And now I'm, it's time for me to take this step. Wow. What uh, did anybody tell you you're not going to make it? <sighs> not, not directly. Um, but anytime that I would bring it up, you know, um, Hey, how's the business going? You know, and, and every, I, it almost, it was almost like they were waiting for me to say, Oh, you know, I, I just don't think it's going to work out. I'm, I'm gonna, probably going to go back to what I know. was doing. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I was blessed to never have to say that, you know, um, how long have you been in business now? Uh, it'll be three years, January 1st. Wow. Three years. So, um, how, how, so, so it's not all, um, it's, it's not all easy. I mean, and, and, there's slow times. There's times when, you know, you get unexpected bills and expenses and everything else. You've got a, you've got a lot of things in motion in your life, you know, mm-hmm. anytime you've got kids, right. There's a lot of things in motion. Uh, so how do you keep yourself kind of just like balanced and, and, and on the ground and, and, and because three years, you're still in your freshman year, mm-hmm. you know, you're still new. Um, and I, I remember the struggles and I always say it. And I think people think I'm joking as I remember, the first couple of years of rolling up to a gas pump in my mobile unit and not knowing if my ATM card, you know, if my bank card was going to have enough money on it to put gas in. And, you know, so what, what, how did you, how did you keep your mind right? I think the biggest thing that really kept my stress levels down and kept my mind right and, and allowed me to not have to make rash decisions was, was being financially set as far as my savings and how I live my life. I, you know, um, you know, I, I, I never really had any help, but I did have mentors that taught me how to manage my money, um, how to make purchases, Huge, you know, and, and that right there, even during the pandemic, you know, we did shut down for quite some time, but we were able to find smaller niches and still work as an essential business. And, and then also having an emergency fund to where, I didn't have to sell all my tools, sell my business and basically go find a, a full-time job because right. I, I had an emergency fund that, 
you know, was specifically designed for that. It sucked tapping into it, but that's what it's there for. Is there anything, uh, you know, newer people that are, I mean, you're pretty amazing for being three years in, it's pretty calm, isn't it? I mean, it's just, you're calm. And, and I think that's a, um, you know, a lot of times people get, you know, I'm, I'm pretty hyped up, but I, you know, I got scared. I mean, I remember there's times because I was like you, when I, when I launched detailing success, um, ours wasn't as comfortable. It, it wasn't a plan long. I mean, it was planned, but, uh, we had a, we had a business uh, situation go real bad, real south and it cost me a whole bunch of money. And we just didn't have, there was, there was, there was nothing, you know, that green handle over there started it all. You know, I mean, it was 20 bucks. And so I think that keeping yourself, if you, have you had, I mean, do you do stuff on your, on your own? I mean, do you do work out? Is there, it, it, what, what keeps you, what keeps James kind of centered? I golf. Really? I love to golf. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. How do you golf? Uh, at least twice a week. Do you really? Mm-hmm. And I, and I walk, that, I walk 18 holes. Yeah. At least twice a week. That's cool, man. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny because I, I love taking my, our dogs out for walks and I come back from a simple walk with your dog and it's just, it's unreal. I suck at golf, by the way. I love, I love golf. I just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't golf enough to be good. And then I'm competitive. And uh, the last time I picked it up, I went ahead and bought new clubs again. Decided to get into it. I came home and then two of the clubs were bent uh, because I threw on a fit. I just, I just, I was pissed off, man. I was not happy. And it was more about me, you know, just sucking. And I mean, but you know, you don't, you got to put time into it. Right. And I think so what's that's your handicap? What, what I mean, you, 10. Holy shit. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I go, I golf with a lot of, um, a lot of my old, now you're just bragging. Yeah. A lot of my, <laughs> a lot of my old employers, you know, they're, they're older, they're older gentlemen. And I think that's, one of the things, you know, when I first started golfing, it wasn't, you know, it, it was kind of pretty. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was frustrating, but now I think that's kind of my, my center, you know, as far as even how I handle my businesses, just because you mess up on one hole doesn't mean that it's going to carry on to the next. So, you know, that's kind of just step by step, you know, not looking at the, the whole mountain, just right in front of you. Okay. So go back, let's say what, what went wrong in your startup that something just not go as planned you know, you had, you had a name switch in there. That was pretty early on. Um, I, I, you know, my, my shop is in California. So, you know, um, dealing with, dealing with my building, the County and, you know, um, the proper permits and and things like that kind of threw me for a loop. I thought it was going to be a little bit easier, you know, but, um, you mean, you mean to say that California is difficult? Yeah. You know, a, a little bit, a little bit, Yeah. but you know, I wanted there were a few other detail shops in my area that were kind of just fly by night, not running, you know, in the, in the, in the way of the radar, you know, they were, you know, kind of ducking and dodging doing things properly. And I didn't want to do that. I felt like if I started it out like that, it was going to stay like that. And I I didn't, and you know, I had, you know, I had the money saved, you know, I, I had been saving and, you know, talking with my wife about it and wanting to make this jump. And we wanted to make sure that we had everything set up to where, like I said, the transition, you know, was, was really easy, but I'm, you know, we, we face challenges all the time, you know, um, you know, sometimes we have slow weeks, but I mean, that's kind of the time where, you know, I spend time with my family and, and, you know, enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah, Instead yeah. of stressing out about it. So a lot of people, so you've put yourself in a, in a good financial position. 
Um, I, I started out in, in both. It's funny because when I first started out, I was just a poor kid. Right. And I just did it because it, it was there and it was, I loved planes and I loved cars. And I, and then it, my grandma needed, I wanted to get my grandma, my mom off food stamps. And, uh, and, and, but I didn't know that you had to have money to make it. So it didn't matter, you know, uh, back 22 years ago when everything went, you know, went South and I'm starting, starting this thing up, um, different story, you know, uh, it was the first time in my life that I really had been, I was, I was behind an eight ball. And so maybe speak for a second to those that maybe aren't, um, haven't done as well as you, what, what was your drives financially? Kind of what was the principles? Um, is there somebody you listen to that they could listen to? And I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people will take, I, I preach that, Hey, when you're, when you're just starting out, take 25% of your, of every job that you do and just put it away. Just put 25%. Uh, once that becomes like, it's not painful anymore, make it painful, jump it up to 35%. And then, and then I tell, you know, our, our guys that we train and mentor and coach, is that once it becomes uh, that's not painful, go up to 50%. You can always pull money back out of savings. You can't always put it back in. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't start those good habits. So talk about for a second, you know, what some of the good habits, financial habits that you developed. I had a lot of personal um, uh, mentors that really helped me and guided me that were financially, you know, set as far as their business decisions, um, uh, past employers, um, you know, a few family members. Um, the only person that I kind of, I listen to, I don't listen to everything, but you know, Dave Ramsey, I, I listen to Dave Ramsey. I knew and, it. You had that tone to you, man. Yeah. So, you know, and, and guys a rock star, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, it's, it's taken a lot of sacrifice it does. Uh, on, on, on my end because I have friends that, you know, drive, you know, $90,000, $100,000 cars, you know, and live mm -hmm. in beautiful homes. And I've wanted to do that, but I know that if I sacrifice now, later on, I'll still be able to have that stuff, but, right. but, but you won't have the debt associated with it. Yeah. So it's, you know, we, we make, we make financial decisions, me and my wife, if, you know, mm -hmm. um, together, um, you know, and if we can't, if we can't pay for it cash, we usually don't buy it. We, we rarely finance things. Right. So. Uh, same here. And, and I've, I've spent a lifetime doing that, you know, um, you know, my, my weakness is cars. Um, I just, man, I see a shiny, something shiny and it's always been my weakness, but uh, I've gotten better. It's in control. Yeah, I've gotten help. Uh, so now, now let's talk about this. So you, you've invested. We won't go into what, but I mean, you're 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 constantly looking around. Um, you just made a good cash buy recently, uh, where a lot of people would have to finance. You just you you'd done a good enough job uh, to put money away that where you just you just you just you just bought it. That's pretty hardcore. So congratulations. Thank you. What, so do you, um, to kind of get a little deeper into that? So I think it's, I, I think it's one of the most important parts of, of not just business, but life is proper finances. It's not always what you make. It's what you spend. And it's not always what you spend. It's what you save. And, you know, they asked Einstein and I've said this before is that one of the things that amazed Einstein more than anything was compounding interest. I mean, I mean, compounding interest, you start putting a little away, you start investing, uh, you know, you buy a piece of real estate, you buy a second piece of real estate, you buy a third piece of real estate. I, uh, you know, every month that it goes up now, we, I watch what our real estate goes up by every month estimated, but it's amazing because 
right now is, is high it's climbing. We're making more money with real estate than we are in working. And so you've done a good job at that. You've done a good job at that. Yeah. I, I, I had, like I said, you know, a, definitely a lot of my mentors, you know, one of them where I spent the majority of my time at my body shop, he started out at a very small shop and, and paid cash for the shop, bought all of his equipment cash. Some of it was used, um, you know, and, and basically started from the ground up. And now, you know, in, in his town, he has a 33,000 square foot shop that he owns. Wow. Um, he's, wow. you know, he's, he does luxury cars, you know, Mercedes Benz, Tesla certified, you know, but he pays cash for everything. It was, it took longer to get to there, yeah. but at the end of the day, he, he, he's the one that gets the money. He charges the, the shop rent, right. you know, because he's Absolutely. the landlord. Um, and, and he's just, he's made a lot of, of smart financial, you know, decisions to basically set it up to where your money makes money for you. And that's always the best. So these three years, you know, again, uh, any shockers, like, is there anything that when you, when you got into the business, was there things that you've just kind of misconceived that have been either easier or a little more challenging? Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of day by day. Um, you know, it, it, sometimes, sometimes we get thrown for a loop. Um, every time that I think that we're getting, you know, ahead of the game, something kind of gets thrown, you know, in the mix. Um, but I guess the biggest thing is, you know, I try not to act out of emotion. You know, I try to be it, when you, when wise. you, yeah, when you act out of emotion, you make, you know, sometimes you make bad decisions. So yes. trying to, you know, stay calm and I work with my guys all the time and, but you know, they're not, they're not perfect by any means, no. but you know, it, it seems like uh, when we approach things and, and we think logically, you know, we're able to kind of overcome a lot of that stuff. That's cool. What's uh, so you have staff. I have two guys. Yeah. Now, uh, what's the good, the bad, the ugly, the skinny on that? They're both, they're both different people. Um, again, you know, I, uh, different people act different ways. So you have to, you have to handle them different. You can't go after one guy the same way that you would go after the other because they have two different personalities. So having to learn that from a business standpoint, I think that was probably my biggest challenge. Um, implementing things that I've learned is one thing, having to teach them to someone else maybe in a different way that I learned it is, is a lot harder. Oh, yeah. So that, that, that was probably a, a big thing, you know? Um, and, and then, and then, like I said, just keep, you know, taking steps towards progression as far as my business. So let's hey, talk, uh, you've got a, a staff member. Yep. Chris. Real, real, real quick. Uh, you know, you talk about having two staff members, but you know, a little bit of fun here, Jimmy, I know you guys got one other staff member on board there. That's, That's pretty good. fun. Who the heck is Benny? Benny, Benny is my 10 year old, uh, umbrella cockatoo. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I got him about a year ago. Um, he's, uh, I, I, I've known him for a lot longer. He was at my buddy's mechanic shop, but he was struggling really bad. And, you know, he was super stressed out and he was not doing well. So, uh, I picked him up from my buddy and he's been at my shop ever since. And it's, it's crazy to see some of the clients that I get that are super grumpy and they walk in and, all of a sudden, you know, Benny's right there at the front door and he says, hello. And all of a sudden I can't even get him to come out and look at their car because they just want to hang out with the bird. So, so you got to tell me, you got to tell the story. Last night he showed me some video and Benny's pretty protective over you. So your wife is coming into the living room Yeah, and you tell him. Yeah. I, I he's, he's, we're, we're bonded. That's my, that's my guy. I mean, he comes with me everywhere on my mobile unit. Um, you know, he drives around back and forth from the house to the shop. 
but yeah, he, he does not like my wife. He's extremely protective over me and he'll, uh, you know, all I got to do is say, get him and he'll go after, he'll go after my wife or, you know, my kids. And yeah, I keep him, I keep him on a short leash just cause you know, he is a bigger bird, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want nothing to happen, but yeah, he's a, he's, he's like, he's, I call him my bird dog, you know, cause he's, he's like a dog. Yeah. And so now if you're not around, is he cool with your wife then? My wife has called me multiple times and we were actually talking about this yesterday and she's, uh, she was like, I don't know what kind of noise your bird's making right now, but it sounds like he's not. <laughs> really? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a, he's a drama queen. He, if you're not paying attention to him, he is not happy. Really? But when he's at the shop with me, he's good, but he just, he's starved for attention. He loves, yeah. He's like a, he's like having a narcissistic three-year-old. Wow. So you gotta, so you gotta say too, this, he's telling us about yesterday that one of your buddy's dogs comes in and is, is kind of throwing a fit. What's Benny do to him? Yeah, he, bar he barks right back. Yeah, my buddy had a dog and, and <laughs> brought it into the shop and the dog's barking at Benny. And then the dog goes away and we, we still hear barking and we look over and Benny's like literally barking back at the dog. But he, yeah, he mirrors, he mirrors everything. Like he's just, he, he, he talks all the time. He's, he's, uh, he's got us into some trouble sometimes. We've had some pretty good looking clients come into the shop and he'll whistle at them and <laughs> and they think that it's us you know and i and i i literally have to go hey i'm sorry it, I, it's my bird you know? yeah yeah and, good excuse man yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> look at these guys are all looking up where to buy birds at now you yeah. know <laughs> so they can blame it on this instead, instead hey, of it's my bird he's uh now he's destroyed a little equipment too right so yeah my my root s 15 i actually just had to send that back into root s to get fixed um he, he, he can get out of his cage if you don't lock it correctly. And one of my guys leaving the shop didn't lock it correctly. And he got out and had a heyday while we were gone and destroyed my Rube S15. Um, How the heck does a bird destroy a Rube S15? What um, do you do to it? The cord, the, tr oh, really? the trigger, the handle. I mean, just completely my, uh, my little Metrovac, my little mini blaster yeah. destroyed that. Um, my, uh, my extract on, on my extractor, my extractor hose. He, uh, yeah, destroyed my extractor hose. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's unreal, man. So, and those, I mean, the, they, uh, they've got a, they've got a serious lifespan. About, so about 60 years if you take care of them. Really? Yeah. So he'll, he'll probably be outliving me. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, that, that's unreal. So if you had to take in, um, we're going to throw you, we're going to throw you in front of a moving bus because we didn't practice this. So somebody's listening right now. Uh, they're starting out. Uh, what you know? A lot of people, and I want you to listen to this. A lot of put people they they go in. I understand going into this the, into business as survival. I really do. But when you when you go into those that situation, uh, you put yourself in a really stressful situation, and so you got to be really careful uh, of being real with you for the first three years. Man, I worked part time. Uh, during the wintertime, you know, just not to, I didn't want to take away from savings. I, you know, I didn't want to hurt ourselves, damage ourselves financially. Uh, but a lot of people don't think that way. If you had to talk to somebody, they're new in business, they're struggling a little bit. And, and you just have, you know, five minutes with them to give them a message. What would that message be? For, for a slow time, um, you know, find a niche and, and hone in on it and, and, and just solely focus on that, especially if you don't have a safety net, you know, um, and, and, and you're just starting out, you know, you know, yeah, find, find, find something that you can do 
in any kind of weather and, and, and do that. It, it could not even, you know, it could be on a completely different, you know, uh, uh, line of, of work. Right. But, you know, well, for instance, that's a great point because we, um, we took in the early days, we, we figured out real quick that all the storefronts and gas stations needed to be pressure washed. And so those first few winters, uh, really year round, every, every, every month we'd go in and do all the pressure wash. We had all the equipment and it made sense. And then at some point it didn't make sense anymore, you know, but it was income. Um, I didn't have to go work out, you know, for somebody else. I was still building up my own reputation. So niche wise. So what's, do you mind sharing with us? What's, what's kind of your niche? What for, for wintertime? I mean, I do, you know, just recently, you know, we got into the, the film game uh, about a year ago, actually right before the pandemic hit. That was something that I could offer because we do a lot of body shops. So our body shops kind of keep us busy throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets hectic in the summertime because now we have tending to our body shops and then also our regular clientele. Um, we still have a lot of clientele during the winter, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's, you know, that's one of the things is, is, you know, we, we built up a relationship in our community with, you know, like I said, with our body shops, um, we do, um, a few first responder vehicles in the winter times, yep. um, maintenance is with our hot rods. You know, we get a lot of car show guys. It kind of sucked this year because of all the car shows right. being, okay, canceled. being canceled, but you know, we have, we have a good relationship with a lot of hot rod guys that restore hot rods and, and buy and sell them. So we can bring those cars in and work on them for, you know, four or five days. And, and it, it allows me to cover my overhead, pay my guys, you know, make, make some money. I'm not killing it the way I would during yeah, the summertime, okay. but I don't have to go out and, and, and flip burgers, you know, which, you're, not, which, you're not digging through your savings. Yeah, exactly. So hey, I, it's something that I always kind of share. I'd love to get your input because you're, you're super fisc, you know, financially responsible is I always, people always ask me, Hey man, I want to get into a shop. What should I do? My thing is, is that unless you've got a minimal of six months of your bills covered and I'm talking, so your shop, your shop, your house, your food, your insurance, um, even your, if you've got staff, your staff, you've got to have that nest egg, man. Cause I'm going to tell you whatever you're going to budget to move into the shop is going to be double. You're going to, you're going to go through double. Uh, and then, and then those slow times, because once you go from mobile to a fixed operation, those fixed costs don't go away. They're there. And so I, I really tell people a year savings would even be okay. more ideal uh, because that way you're just not stressed out. So would you go with that? I mean, you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, at least at least a year. My, my rule is I, I have a year of finances to basically run my entire business, everything at yep. idle and then, and then my personal life, you know, um, you know, at, at least, at least. A and, year. and I know there's a lot of people who are watching this that are like, you know, you're, you've got your, your, your goal set, you know, Hey man, I'm going to start a shop. Um, I'm going to, you know, Hey, I, we've got a lot of people and it's kind of becoming vogue. And I did it a long time ago. I'm, I'm in here. My, our shop is on my property. My house is less than 50 feet that way. You know, I mean, it's right there. I'm not embarrassed by that. I love it. We've got two, almost two acres. And, 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 you know, for, for how long did it take in order to do it and do it correctly, you know, unless you have, unless you're, you know, unless you have a, a, another party to, you know, invest, which kind of gets crazy. It does, it does take a, a long time. And a lot of times with social media, 
all you see is the nice cars, yeah. the beautiful shops, yep. you know, and, and there's nothing, and I'm not throwing shade on those guys. Those guys, they earned it and they deserve it. Right. You earned it. You deserve it. That's, that's amazing. But for the guys that are just starting out, there is nothing wrong with a small shop. I mean, nothing, it's, you know, nothing that I, I was in a, I was in a thousand square foot shop for the first two years of, of my business, you know, working by myself for the first year. And, and then I brought somebody on because I didn't even want to have to have that overhead of, of hiring somebody the first year. You know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to do the majority of the work myself. Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, again, we've got people uh, all over the world that are building, building shops on their property, even property they live on. I mean, we're not a, a typical shop, but l- let me tell you a quick story is that I told these guys when my youngest daughter was four, the year before she went to kindergarten, I wanted to spend time with her and I really wanted to get to bond with her. And so we are really lucky that we'd build a house. We had uh, two, two shops. Uh, uh, one was within 15 minutes of our, our house. And then we had another one that was about an hour and a half away. And that year before she went to kindergarten, I decided to work out and do all the high end work just out of my home shop. So I could be with my daughter. Matter of fact, the Chevelle and there's a tie into the Chevelle of why we're here. Um, the Chevelle, she played in that. So she'd be out in the shop while I was working. And, and it was a, it was a thousand square feet. It wasn't big, but what I found out was my customers really liked it. So they, when they'd come to drop off, they'd say, okay, Hey, is, are you going to be working on, on my car? Like at the shop shop with all the guys are, or, or are you taking it solo and going to work on it yourself at your shop? And so I realized real quick there was value in that and it was one of the best years of my life was just being able to really bond with her uh now the trend is we've got we've got people in texas uh louisiana uh all over the country that are we've got we've got sydney she's in the background you can see her up on the poster she's at a she's got a cool shop out of she's got an oversized garage and she's killing it she's got a low overhead uh, she did it legally. It's all above, you know, above ground, so to say. Um, she's very conservative with um, water and so forth and noise. She's bought all the right equipment for that. So don't be shy to start out slow. And so many people during COVID when the slowdown happened, I can't tell you how many people that reached out to me, they're seasoned veterans, that two weeks in, we're in trouble. We're in financial trouble. And to me, they shouldn't have been in finance two months later. We shouldn't have been having that conversation six months later. Okay. I can see that, you know, but not, not seasoned seasons professionals. You shouldn't be hearing those kind of complaints from those guys that they should have been, they should have been set up a lot better. So before you go in, we're not pissing on your, on your plans, but you, I'll tell you, you got to have long-term thinking and short-term thinking. And if you're just going to jump into a shop without having adequate funding to back you up, you're taking, you're, you're rolling the dice that, that it could cost you. And so be real careful with that. So tie into the shop to the Chevelle is, is I wanted, I wanted to have it. We were going to have it on that side of the table, but I actually restored one of these when I was doing bodywork and paint. And I used to have my son come to the shop all the time and, and help me around the car when we weren't, you know, that's cool. Spraying, spraying primer, you know, huffing Bondo dust. But uh, yeah, he's a he's a sucker for hot rods. So yeah, I got some sit, photos. Sends me a picture last night, you know, of, of his son in a in a Chevelle, and that was a complete color change. Yeah, yep. So it started out canary yellow, 
Yeah, and then marina blue. Marina blue, cool color, original color. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, Chris, uh, anything else you want to lay down with these guys before we uh, we take a couple questions, and we're gonna we're gonna start good. burning and churning. You know, um, I want to circle back on the you know T one auto detailing or or detailing how you uh, incorporated that into your business, how you kind of embrace it, and I know. Um, I know that you have like a, a fun story with, uh, with Augie, which is, uh, um, Oh, Levi, that's Levi way Gates. cool. Yeah. Yeah. You Levi Gates. You yeah. yeah. Levi Gates son. That's right. My, my mind was going blank for a second, but, uh, tell us a little bit about that a little bit of that connection you have with him. So I came up with T1 detailing. Um, it was probably two months before I came up here for training. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I wanted, I was, you know, I basically sat down for, you know, two or three nights and, and was, and wanted to find something that was my own. And, uh, I had, I had actually been going through my mail, you know, because of my diabetes, you know, my healthcare, you know, I, I have to have really good healthcare and they had different tiers, you know, they had tier one, tier two, tier three, as far as, um, you know, different, you know, different styles of healthcare and, and what they cover. And, uh, and all of a sudden it kind of just, you know, it kind of just clicked, you know, T1D, you know, type one diabetic, but it's, you know, in, in, you know, the, the long way that you say, you know, it's, it's tier one detailing, you know, tier one is usually, it's the highest, you know, it's the highest healthcare that you can get. It's the most expensive, but it covers the most, you know, and, and that's how we kind of incorporated that. And then, you know, our blue logo is the international symbol for, for type one diabetes. So, you know, in order, you know, it, to be able to incorporate all that together was, was awesome. And, uh, me and my buddy, Sean Sepulveda had actually taken a trip down to Monterey to, uh, to see the guys while they were out there at the McCall event. And, uh, and Levi actually approached me out of the middle of nowhere and was like, you know, I, I, I like your, I like your, you know, your company name. And, uh, I was starstruck, you know, cause you know, Levi's a, you know, superstar you know and uh and 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 we really got on a on an awesome conversation about how his son was was diagnosed with you know juvenile type 1 diabetes and 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 it hit home for me because i got it six years ago but my sister got it when i was very young and when she was very young and and type 1 diabetes doesn't just change especially come you know from from a kid's perspective it doesn't just change your life it changes your parents lives i mean it's 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 a whole it's 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 huge and to be able to have that kind of a conversation with Levi, um, it, it really, it just, you know, I, I, I knew at that point that I made a, I made a really good decision by coming up with that name. Um, you know, in the month of November, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's diabetes awareness month. I mean, we, we do, you know, the, uh, the junior diabetic relief fund, you know, we, we go on the, on the, on the jobs and the walks. Um, we're very involved with, uh, the diabetic youth foundation, you know, that's our, that's our thing. Um, but I found out about Augie, you know, Levi's son and, uh, and, and, you know, I was able to actually, uh, order myself a rag company hat. And, uh, I told him the only way that I would, I would, you know, get the hat is if I could have Augie sign it. And I actually have, I have a rag company hat signed by the, the coolest type one diabetic in all of, uh, all of Idaho. So is that cool or what, man, yeah. that was such a cool story. So, so, Hey man, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny because you've got such a great attitude and a lot of people, um, you know, it's altered your life with the, with the, the type one diabetes, but yet you've taken and made some pretty tasty lemonade out of some, some situations that, 
people would be down on. And I think this is really encouraging for uh, a, a lot of people just, we go through life and the littlest issue is an issue and it's really not, it's, it's really not. And I think it's, I think the message that I get from you every time I'm around you is this dude's a really deep thinker and, um, and he's, he's calm, he's collected and he really makes things about other people. And I just really admire that about you. Uh, I'm really proud of you, you know, really proud of you to see where you've come in three years. Uh, and then to watch where you've come from back when, you know, you're 20 in your mid twenties when we met and just to see how you've matured. So I think that, you know, if you're young and, uh, you're going hard is this is a good example of some, a lot of things done right. And, um, I think that you're going to learn a lot from, from Jimmy and watching him. How do people follow you on social media? Uh, social media, Facebook, it's Jimmy Buffett. Um, uh, Instagram, it's T1 Detailing. Um, I also have a Jimmy Buffett, you know, uh, Instagram, but that's more of just my personal stuff. Um, that's, that's about it. Cool. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, Chris, we're going to get these guys busy. Normally, I take some questions. Uh, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna bow out of here. So, uh, hey, everybody, thanks. If you, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, A, reach out to this guy and thank him. Uh, then B, uh, give us a thumbs up, uh, C, share it, uh, but most importantly, recommend it. So we're, this is something that we, I really wanted to go into. It's kind of called our blue collar sessions. Uh, it's just people that uh, are standing up, that are doing it with their hands, and, uh, and they're doing it right and slowly over time. Uh, they're going to turn them, their lives into a uh, pretty financial successful life. So again, it's, uh, um, it's, it's my pleasure to have you, bud. I sure appreciate it, man. Definitely. So, Hey guys, take care of yourselves, stay healthy. Thanks for tuning in and uh, Chris get to work. All right. I'll get to work later guys. <laughs>